tasting blood here. This is not good. I frequently think about the eroticism of robot on robot violence. A gremlin alien that eats its own poop. You are listening to the After the Fact Podcast. Do you not want to have sex with me? Are you not aroused? There was a game where there was one pixel throwing numbers at another pixel. <laughs> I could probably drop a couple hundred hours into that. Classic gaming by geeks just like you. If I were playing it on an original NES, I probably would not have an original NES anymore. Is this a Final Fantasy related anything? Oh, it's 10 out of 10. And now your hosts, Luke Matthews. Maybe I'll just do that anyway because... Then I can actually engage in lesbian sex with aliens later. James Dykes. Welcome to our new segment, Andy Knows Best. Eddie Isaac. Honestly, there's six characters in that game that are worth a damn. Yeah. And then the other 48,000 characters are just like people <laughs> filling a slot. And Matthew Coyne. Billy and Jimmy Lee, right? Two buffed out, steroid enhanced, 22 year old Aryans willing to kick some ass. Welcome, everybody, to the week late recording of the episode 61 of the After the Fact podcast. I am Luke Matthews, and today I'm joined by James Dykes. What's up? Matthew Coyne. Hello. And Eddie Isaac. Good to you all. How are you guys all doing today? Good. Good. Pretty nice. good. Nice. Uh, this show, we will be talking about Karnov. Uh, it is a spectacularly weird uh, platformer from 1987 about a big, fat, fire-breathing Russian. and. Russian. Uh, it was, uh, like I said, it was released in 1987 in uh, on the NES uh, by Data East, a company who uh, never really released anything good, <laughs> but nope. uh, managed to put out Karnov. It, um, they are, you know, we'll, we'll talk later, I'm sure, about them getting sued by Capcom for yeah. Fighters History Dynamite. Um, <laughs> but before we get into all of that crap, we will, as always, talk about what we're all playing. Um, I'll go first because I'm still playing the same stuff I've been playing. Well, no, actually, I, I'm playing. I'm still playing Gravity Rush on my PS Vita, which is actually really good. It's it got like very mediocre reviews, and I, I think uh, I don't know if I this will probably be a tangent a little bit, but oh sure, it We've is. Never had any of those before on no, the show. We never do that. If this game came out on the PS2, it would have been lauded as one of the greatest like platformers with the coolest you know mechanic. It would have been it would have been great at the time. Sure. Instead, it it gets mediocre reviews because it came out on the Vita, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, it doesn't do anything really spectacular, and it's you know, the, it's graphically kind of bland and blah blah blah." But why do games need to do anything spectacular? They just need to be good. That's the thing. Like, it's it's good. It's it does ha- it has a few control issues. You know, typical third person camera issues from mm. a platformer, right? But the game is really good, and the thing that people seem to be forgetting is that it is on a fucking handheld. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is it is an a really really excellent application of uh, like an open world platformer game on a handheld where you you have this huge open city that you can fuck around in. You um you can go anywhere in it. Uh you have a cool like gravity manipulation mechanic where you can walk on walls and shit. Um it's got a great vis- like kind of steampunky visual style. Mm-hmm. It's and it's it's huge. Like the game is gigantic. There's so much stuff to do. There's so many missions you can do and on top of that they designed it with the handheld in mind where you can just hop into the game, 
do a side quest that takes you 15 minutes and then hop out okay. and be done, mm. right? Yeah. And so it's like this great combination of stuff, but it's getting like these reviews. It's like it's like yeah, it's good, but it's not not awesome. It's like how, how much of that do you think is is like okay? So PS Vita is totally unheard of, and then. Boom! Ten minutes of marketing. Boom! It's out. Ah! And it's marketed as like to, for, for the layman who is not PS as PS savvy as many people. It's kind of marketed almost as this like it's a PS3 for your hand. It, we know it's not, but I mean it's it yeah. almost it's almost marketed as such. So the the hype on what is expected for the games is more than what should be technically technologically for a handheld. That's it, that's possible. Um, the problem I think is big. The bigger problem is Sony. Um, they really try and push the whole uh, console gaming experience in yes. a handheld thing when what they really need to do is push it as this console is capable of any kind of game people want to put on it. Right. Sure, right. Because it's got the touch screen, it's got the regular controls, it's got the power to handle anything you want to do. So you can do everything from something as, as cool as like an uncharted golden abyss where, right. you know, full on uncharted experience all the way down to little, you know, mobile games or things. Cause they've got plants versus zombies on there and it's a really fucking good version of plants versus zombies. So, sure. Um, I think they're you know they they just don't know how to market it and they're not marketing it which yes. is the biggest problem yeah. like they're you have you seen an ad for a PS Vita no I haven't I saw like two ads when it first came out and I haven't seen any since. yeah right um, and then they fucked up their E3 presentation by focusing on shit like PlayStation Mobile and right. uh, other random you know like what was the fucking storybook thing the move based storybook oh, like Jesus Christ really <laughs> Wonderbook that's what it's yeah, called yeah. oh okay and like and then the Vita was just kind of like, not really sidelined, but they were just like, yeah, there's some games coming out, and we're moving on. <laughs> and it's like, this is the thing you're trying to sell right now. You, yep. you don't have to worry about the PS3. It's, it's, it's good to go, and right. it's at the end of its life cycle, and yes, promote the games that are coming onto it. Who the fuck cares about Wonderbook? Um, <laughs> nobody gives a shit about PlayStation Mobile, and no. you have this amazing piece of hardware that you've spent a fuckload of money developing and, and perfecting, make that the focus, you know? I think the biggest problem is that they are starting to concede the handheld market to Nintendo. I think that they're... Because Nintendo has really cornered that market, and they're doing great things with their 3DS and, mm-hmm. and all the other little perpetuals they got yeah. out for their little handheld, and they have cornered that individual piece sure. of the market and I think PlayStation is trying so hard to get in there and then they're realizing that even with everything we're doing with the development and the touchscreen and all these cool things and I can play my I can play my PlayStation games log out and go home and then play my PS3 games from the same spot that and then they're just conceding. They're just like, you know what? Well, it's not as good as we thought it was going to be, so let's move on. And why develop Which is, it then? Well, yeah, but see that's the weird thing about it too is that it's it is the from a pers- from the hardware perspective, from a perspective of actually holding it and playing games, mm. it is it's better than they expected. It is mm. it is sure in my opinion, which you know who who knows if it's valid or not, is the best handheld I've ever played games on. Like it's spectacular. It's really well designed. Um, and the thing is, is that it's not like I have a 3ds as well, and I don't really consider them competitors at all like they're completely that yes they are to some degree and the, and that's how they will be portrayed because sony and Nin- nintendo are competitors but 
they're completely different experiences with sure. completely different games. And the style of what they're trying to accomplish with the PS Vita is something that could compete if they put the right amount of effort behind it and put the effort right. in the right yeah, place. Definitely. But I, I think it's also, I mean, you have it, this is kind of a difference between tail and tooth sort of argument where um, when they started developing the Vita, their biggest arg- the biggest competitor that they're looking at as far as, you know, it was Nintendo and was right. all the, the those systems. The biggest competitor they have is phones. Yeah. Like, that's, that's I think that's yeah, why, that's, I don't, that, that I think that's, I think that's why this thing is, um, why I'm not seeing a lot of big, big, big marketing on any of the, the mobile devices is because, um, is that why would you, why as a company would you invest all of this money into a mobile device that only gets you a certain sliver of, of, uh, what an iPhone use? Right. As opposed to iPhone, where I could make more money coming out with apps with games for iPhone, and I could make more money, you know, creating a phone. That's the problem. You can't now. You can't, you cannot make money on an iPhone app unless you are like one of the top. 0.2% 0.2% of the of the apps that are on the store. Right, but the way you get that way is by the one thing that most app company, most of the people doing apps for the for the phones don't have, which is marketing budget. Yeah. I don't and think Sony so. Sony has that budget. I I, I disagree. I sure. I think that the only reason uh, and, and this is this might be a cynical point of view, but it's sure. it's what I think is the only way that you get like that one super hit where you get a whole shitload of money off of an iPhone app is luck. It really, I mean, it's partially good design, yeah, but when you're talking about an app store that has 500,000 pieces of content, sure. you, cannot, you cannot push an individual piece of content to the top of that list without somehow getting lucky and having fans do the kind of word of mouth thing and then going, oh, blah, blah, and all of a sudden in four days people buy, you know, a million copies of your, your Angry app. Angry Birds. Right. <laughs> exactly, right? But I mean, yeah, and Angry Birds is, a, is, an, is an early... Good, but also early example of that, and it's also one where um, look at the look at the groups that are look at the at the the groups of folks that are doing independent that are doing games. It's mostly indie. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of indie mm-hmm. games. Yeah. There's the only thing that the big companies are doing on phones right now is. Squeenix is rehashing every FF right. title they can so that they can milk that fucking stone of that's get it on your phone. <laughs> yep. And the, you know, and, and but that's it, but that's the thing is that they haven't gone big into this space. So what you get now are a lot of independent guys that really don't have the capital operate. They they have a capital expenditure budget. They don't have an operating budget. So they blow their capital, their their initial startup capital, creating the the content. Getting it onto the market, and then they have a buck fifty left over for marketing, <laughs> and they need that to keep themselves alive long enough to get squeeze money out of that game. Yeah. But that's also what—that's the—that's I think the biggest fatal flaw of the, something like the App Store is that sure. company indie developers are not making money on their games. No. Indie developers are using the games that they put on the App Store for nothing but resumes. They, yes. They're building their resume. They're yes. going. They're throwing an app out there that you know is going to lose money because yes. of the fact that the lack of controls on the app store has created a shitty market scenario where you cannot price a game more than a buck ninety nine, and yeah. most things have to be ninety nine cents. And they yes. ca- they just flat out cannot make money at that rate. No, it's just impossible. But you also can't price it more because the whole supply and demand thing just doesn't work anymore because the supply is so big. Oh yeah, that. 
if you have a choice of paying five dollars for a game that's uh, an eight eight or nine star game, right, or ninety nine cents for a game that's a five, five. or six star, sure. You're gonna pay ninety nine cents for the five or six star game, and mm-hmm. it's just most people. It's just like eh, this is good enough, right? right. Like yeah. why why the fuck am I gonna go on there? Because like I bought um, Bust a Move, I bought the the actual real Bust a Move on there, right? And it cost me four ninety nine. Yep. And in my opinion, because I've been a console gamer all my life, it was worth it because it sure. was it was well designed. The controls worked. Mm-hmm. The it was it was you know it was polished and mm-hmm. it was bug free. Right. But the vast majority of people I know are just like oh, whatever. I'm you know because they're not playing their phones as a dedicated gaming device. They're playing it no. as a time filler. Yeah. Well, it and is. I'm on the bus. I'm on the way to work. I'm on the yeah. way back from work. I mean, and that's when I. Them, yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and that's and that's where I mean to be fair. That's kind of where a lot of the the really I, in my view the the more successful mobile games. Whether they're on a on a specific a dedicated console or not, yeah. um, are the ones that don't force you to raid fucking an axis sure. on your phone. You're not going to be sitting there completing a WoW raid on your commute to work. As cool as that would be. So I mean, it's, it it's, depends on your commute. If I've got an hour long commute on a train or a bus, then I'm going to be playing something on right. my Vita, right? If right. I've got a if I've got a, if I've got a flight across the country, like that for example, sense, yeah. I'm flying to fucking Europe in a week, and I'm taking my Vita with me because I'm going to play oh, yeah. Gravity Rush for most of that flight. Yes, um, <laughs> and that's where that's where I think the the dedicated handheld still has an advantage is that I can't play my iPhone for four hours straight. I just right. cannot fuck it. Yeah. I can't even play it for more than like 20 minutes straight. I get I lose interest really fast. I can't there are there's just a huge swath of game types that just cannot be controlled on a fucking touch oh, well, screen. And, and the controls are not there. That is and, absolutely true. And that's where that's where I don't understand why. What I don't understand about the gaming public specifically with this particular issue is how the hardcore gaming populace was clamoring forever for you know the best possible like. Most complete gaming experience on the go. Sure. Um, and then once they get it, they don't want it anymore. And and that's that's really fucking aggravating. Because, you know, and it, it is aggravating. It's I I really I think that we keep nailing it over and over again. PS Vita has been badly marketed. That's just the only answer yeah, that really, really to marketed. me makes sense. It's been badly marketed. It has technologically speaking, it has everything that the the hardcore, especially the hardcore mobile gamer, has been asking for. It does the memory? It does the processing power? Yeah. Graphics, sound? You name it. Sure. The one thing it doesn't have is is it, it's it, it. Joss Whedon wrote an awesome show, but Fox fucked it. Don't underestimate the power of bad marketing to <laughs> screw something that's perfect. Yeah, and it's 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 partially bad marketing, and it's partially like I don't. I think we had this discussion on the show, but it's my opinion is that the iPhone App Store uh, is a is coming close to being a rehash of Atari's almost destruction of the video game market in the early eighties, yeah. where they just they've just flooded they flood they flood content, yes. which causes. Um, there's a complete lack of quality control. There's a complete lack of the ability for a developer to actually make money off their games. So yes. developers that at one point in their life might have had a chance to create a little indie game, get it up on a marketplace where it gets seen, and then they go, oh, awesome, I'm going to make something. Uh, now I've got the budget to make maybe, something maybe bigger. Maybe I can sell or, for 400 Microsoft points or whatever. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that, those those days are gone. Yes. Like, and, and which actually... Um, you know what? We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about what we're 
playing because that's what we're actually supposed to be talking about right now. And then yeah. this is going to lead into my my one piece of news for the thing. So anyway, um, yeah, I. I love my Vita. I play games on it all the time. I wish it was more successful, and I wish Sony would put more behind it. I wish because sure. I think they need to if they if they want it to be successful. If they want it, you know, they put a lot into it. You yes. think they would just be like, you know, pushing it a lot harder than they are. Whatever. Um, the other game that I'm playing, speaking of indie games, is Closure. Uh, yeah. It is. Uh, I saw it the first time I saw it was PAX last year, uh, and okay. it, it's um it's really really interesting. It's 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 a black and white game um and it's stark black and white it's not it's not like limbo black and white that's like gray tones it's very it's stark it is actually it's, it's black no, and white so um, kind of yeah okay. and it's it's very strange but the the premise of the game is that um the enti- all the levels that you're in are dark and the only time that basically it's a platformer but the only time that platforms exist is if they're lit if that makes any sense. So what you end up having is you carry lights around to keep yourself standing on platforms, but if you ever step into shadow, you fall into the abyss. Um, <laughs> so what it what it ends up being is you have to move. It's, it's kind of a platform puzzler where you're moving lights around to make sure that you can get from you know this one platform to another. And I think I played a flash demo of this. Yeah, it's um, they put it up. They finally put it up on the PlayStation Network, and it's it's really really good. Nice. It is really good. I, like I said, I played the demo at PAX in the indie room uh, last year. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with the full version now, and. Um, I, I would. That's one that I would wholeheartedly suggest. Go people go out and. I can't believe get. you stopped okay. playing Borderlands. I stopped because my wife went to Europe. So uh. once she gets back, we're going to be back okay. into Borderlands. So <laughs> it's just not the same without you. Well, you know, we're playing through. We're trying to get finished. We're trying to finish all the ac- uh, the add on content now. Uh, we finished the main game and we started on. General Knox, I think, is the yeah. first piece of add on yeah, content, and um, we got about halfway through that, and then she. Bailed, bailed. And now we're yeah. <laughs> fucking jeez, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah, once she comes back in September, we're gonna start playing that more. And and right. by then, I think Borderlands Two is gonna be out. So yeah, but but yeah, that's what I'm playing. What are you guys playing? Oh, uh, I'm uh, I'm playing Surgeon, my my gaming PC, my main gaming rig <laughs> uh, is no longer with us, and so. I, I've been playing what I can play on my laptop for now. So Magic Online, League of Legends, yeah, uh, shitty Flash games. <laughs> <laughs> the game. <Yeah. laughs> Every shitty Flash game ever. The game. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, I can't make this segment more interesting. But what do you got? Oh, God. So um, I decided to go back to, to Skyrim because I realized something that is is turning into a bucket list item. You need more brown in your life? Yes. Um, well, no, that's 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 Morrowind, sir. <laughs> need more, more, I need more, more gray, gray and stone. In your life. <laughs> and I need more stone and snow in my life. Um, actually, what I, what I realized was that um, this is how I beat an Elder Scrolls game ever since I beat... Um, uh, Morrowind, Morrowind, which was um, I went and played Oblivion, and I played about two hundred hours of, in Oblivion, and I got about halfway through the actual main storyline in Oblivion, and by that point it was time for Skyrim. Um, so Skyrim comes out, and I'm like, or uh, or Oblivion, Oblivion, I get about uh, about the same, but I get all these books that tell me what the fuck happened in Morrowind. So mm-hmm. I know what happened in Morrowind from reading books. 
playing Oblivion. Mm-hmm. So I get 200 hours into Oblivion. I get, you know, of course, halfway through the storyline, and I pop open Skyrim and, and start going through that. And instantly, so I can beat Oblivion, I start stealing books like a son of a bitch and look, History of the Empire. This is the shit that I should have done. Oh, Martin dies. Okay, fuck it. All right, yep. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> beat Oblivion. Read a book in Skyrim, beat Oblivion. So, so, I'm so now you, can actually, be, you can beat Skyrim in three years then? Yes. Okay. Nice. So well, instead of doing that, I've decided that Speed what I'm going room. to do is actually try to beat Skyrim. Um, and so uh, that's not going very well for me because I get distracted by the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. So, you know, nice. shit happens. Um, that's why I've just never been able to get into Elder Scrolls games. Is like you can just side quest yourself into to Never Never Land. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But that's that's, that's exactly why other people really like them. Yeah. Really love it. Yeah. I like I do like I like more focused games. Like yeah. um other people would call them quote unquote linear, but that's fine by me. I like being able to play through a storyline and not be distracted by a bunch of random bullshit. So I, I it, to me it's interesting that I can make the storyline whatever I want out of the random bullshit yeah. and I like the fact that um that it is the world in and of itself is in Skyrim is just Morrowind was dull after a while because it was just the Elder Scrolls brown if by (laughs) after a while you meant 20 to 25 minutes (laughs) absolutely true 35 minutes to to 40 I'm fascinated by deserts Um, but after that it was it was pretty it was pretty boring so it was like okay just burn through it and done Oblivion, they got a little bit, a lot better at it, and then suddenly Skyrim to me is just a, this is incredibly beautiful land that people and the mods people have been coming up with have been very interesting because mm-hmm. the modding community from from Morrowind up has actually evolved to the point where they're not just giving you here Sorry, here's a piece of armor that costs nothing and gives you ten thousand stats. He says mods, and I immediately think of giant dragon Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is gold, and don't get that shit is fucking Ooh, gold. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, man? What are you playing? So, still on. Uh, I'm actually like kind of back on it, but still on Star Wars: The Old Republic. You know, I keep nice. uh, every time I, I, you know, the legacy thing, and and you know, now I got a bounty hunter and a smuggler, <laughs> and playing as the bounty hunter is awesome because you just kill whoever pretty much. Um, and so I actually, I actually really like the game. There, uh, I just got migrated to a different server now, so. There's a lot more people playing with a lot more groups. Uh, gonna join a guild soon. It's almost becoming like a second life. Pretty scary, you know. Especially, you know, I, I got my first like modded lightsaber the other day, like really powerful. So I can throw different stuff in that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's become pretty intense. Did a couple of heroics, like the really difficult group missions. Yeah, those were those are pretty intense. How is the community shaking up? Because when I played, I played on what was supposed to be a medium population server, mm-hmm. which meant no one was ever on. Right. And um, and it was it was kind of the the economy sort of sucked. There was never anything good for sale, and it was very very hard to get into a group. How is it now? Well, they've added a couple things. They added the group finder, so right. now it's really easy to get into a group. Okay. And the other thing, what they did with the migration, they had because they had all these servers because they expected to have this huge population of people playing the game, <laughs> but that didn't happen. <laughs> so now they've locked they've locked a lot of a lot of servers out for a new creation of characters. And the only way you can create a character on certain servers is if you already created a character on that server. Right. And then I just migrated all three of my characters to a new server, which is like standard to heavy population. And most nice. and at a certain point in time, it's like heavy. So there's a lot of people running around. I me, mean, you're running past people all the time. Nice. Click on somebody, add them to the group. 
you um there you know people are doing shout outs for requests to do certain missions stuff like that so you're like hey I'm in and you know you guys group up it's really they've actually really really improved that I, right. I understand what you're saying because when I was on I was originally on hyperspace cannon there was nobody on there right it's impossible to find somebody to help <laughs> yep. you do a mission but now I'm on like uh, what's it called Druga's pleasure palace pleasure barge there we go <laughs> Druga's pleasure barge which has so many undertones it's not even yeah but anyway <laughs> anyway let's uh let's move past that. And, Who wants um, to have sex on a boat? On a barge, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's it's it's. I think it's really improving the actual community Good. of the game. You know, people. A lot of people are really deep into it. They've like their guild has its own like web page, and you can. I'm I'm not going that far into it. You no. know, you never go full. Full yeah, no. Yeah. You don't never go, go full, full chewy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You keep it at keep it at a certain level. So. Let's uh, let's move on. Yes, let's move on because be- because there is one piece of uh, industry news that I wanted to talk about, mm. and that is the Ouya. I don't know if you guys have Bless followed. You. Yes, I don't know if you've followed this at all, but a little bit. It is a gaming console that they have uh, started a Kickstarter for, and the premise of the console is that it is going to be a, it's it's going to be an Android based console. Mm. Uh, they're going through the industrial design phase right now, so they've designed a really nice controller that um, is basically like an Xbox controller with a touchpad in the middle. Um, and the premise of the console is that all the games on it will be... It, first of all, it's strictly digital, all download. And all the games on it will be will have a free-to-play element of some sort. That can be anything from a, you know Xbox Live-style demos all the way up to like a League of Legends-style game. But the the prem the point being that you can play everything that comes out for free to a certain degree. Also, they're making it um, because they're making it Android based. It's open source, and they are encouraging people to hack it. Basically, they're like um, they're going to put it out there, and it's going to have its own protections for people who don't want to do it. But they're encouraging people to root the consoles and fuck with them and do whatever they want with them. It's going to have normal Bluetooth, normal uh, Ethernet, normal all this stuff, yep. so that they can so that people can make their own peripherals for it. Um, and uh, it's going to be uber cheap. They're talking about releasing it at ninety nine bucks. Ninety nine bucks. Um, it's only got eight gigs of, of storage. It so. only has eight gigs of storage on board, but the thing is, is they're going to make it compatible f- with uh, USB drives of any oh, kind. Okay. So you can yeah. you can plug a USB hard drive into it and yeah. run games off nice. of it. Um, and it also because it's a, because it's Android based, it supports uh, typical Android cloud storage and stuff for okay. for games that you purchased. Sure, you'll be able. It, the console they're saying is going to be powerful enough to do it's it's going to be 1080p and it's yep. going to be powerful enough to do full fledged you know retail release games from big developers AAA no, developers not off the USB drive it's not going to be well <laughs> I don't know maybe who knows unless they're using USB three or something like that yeah hey, it's luck. USB two yeah good good luck finding hardware for that yeah yeah, yeah. and. Uh, all the way up down to like Android based stuff, so there you know people can port Android apps directly to it without with very little uh, with very little uh, issue. Uh, the reason why this is a big deal is because they put the Kickstarter up and uh, with a nine hundred and fifty thousand dollar goal, which was mostly going to be the tail end of their development and their marketing and their release strategy, mm-hmm. because you know they've already gone through all of the they've got 
uh, you know prototypes actual yeah. backers and they've got their prototypes built and they've got their dev kits built they also are making it uh so that every console um because of the fact that you can root them uh every console can be a dev kit um there you just you know a developer could just buy a console root it install the dev tools and boom you've got a dev kit mm-hmm. um it they put the kickstarter up for nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and within a day, it had two point five million. Yeah, um, it is currently at four point, almost four point nine million. Yep, um, with thirty seven thousand backers. Um, almost thirty eight, actually thirty seven yeah. seven fifty something like that. Hmm. And so, because of the way Kickstarter works, it's going to be funded. I mean, unless unless a massive exodus of people just decide to pull their pledges before the funding date comes up, mm-hmm. it's going to get funded. And I think it sounds cool. I mean, yeah, you can you can nitpick the hardware all you want, but if they manage if they pull off half of what they're talking about wanting to pull off, I think this could be a genuine competitor for once because the barrier to entry is so low. Yeah. Right for for a developer to be able to for both developers and um, and players to be able to get a console for ninety nine bucks and developers can go in and if you've if they're familiar with Android development they're already familiar with this console yeah, yeah. sounds like a spectacular idea I don't know I, I I'm I'm gonna side with you Luca that actually does sound pretty fucking awesome I, I would definitely I mean for ninety nine bucks. I mean, I yeah. would give it a shot. I mean, ninety nine bucks is two PS three games. You exactly. Know? So, so I mean, I would definitely get it, give it a shot. And then uh, the free to play option. I mean, I know PlayStation Plus started doing that a lot with um, like in a lot of games. If you if you've already paid for the Plus, uh, yeah, you can to, do it like yeah. the one hour right like, free, free, free to, play free to yeah. play or whatever. And um, I mean, I think that's cool. You know, free to play to a certain point. Hey, if you want to have access to something else you know it's whatever five bucks ten bucks mm-hmm. or whatever i think that's i think it's an awesome idea I th- can it be can it be a solid competitor i think it's going to be difficult when it first comes out because it's all about establishment you know building yeah. that name building that yeah. rapport with gamers and things exactly. like that so they have confidence in your product i mean you know S- sony um when they first jumped in the market you know with with the playstation you know, having to build up that uh, that buyer base. Yeah. The same thing with Xbox, um, competing with a lot of the larger companies already that were out there. Nintendo and Sega already had already had a base of people, of fans who yeah. were who were supporting their product. I think that maybe might be the only thing that that could hinder them a little bit. But if you really think about it, the the Kickstarter, most of the Kickstarter rewards are based around you. If you uh, pledge ninety nine dollars or more, you get a console and a controller. Yeah. Um, there's a 20-some thousand backers at that level or higher, which means that before the console's even out, they've already got 20,000 consoles in people's hands, right? Mm, yeah. Um, And... I don't know. It's They've got a lot of... They've got a huge segment of the indie gaming community behind them, including, I mean, the, the most prominent of which is Notch, who has already said that he's putting Minecraft out on it. Um, and then a whole bunch of other, like Jordan Mechner was, is the guy that created Prince of Persia right. mm-hmm. is, um, amongst many other things is, is like a huge proponent. They've got a the whole list of big, not in you know, the, um, 
the main like big publishers, people like Ubisoft and EA and stuff, are are all of course reserving judgment because they're big corporations and they can't fucking say right. anything ever about anything. Right. right. <laughs> but the indie development community is already like raving over this oh, thing jumping, and yeah. jumping jumping at it because just because of the fact that like it it it, it is in my it, in my opinion kind of combines all the things that. Or that should happen in a digital uh, in a digital storefront, right? Mm. They're going to have, I would assume, they're going to have the same types of controls that, or close to the same types of controls that the the regular Android marketplace has, and right. that right. other so console manufacturers... Uh, more than more than i more than the iPhone. Yeah. Um, mm, not really. So, well. I mean, they might control on price. They don't control on on quality. The thing I worry about, the thing I worry about with this is, I hope they take some of this three million dollars over their Kickstarter, the goal, and and hire some people to vet these apps and make sure that yeah, because when you yeah. when you that's open where up, I was you, leading when you open up uh, uh, any sort of uh, major thing to a community, make it open source. You have good people that want to do good things with it, and you have people want to do bad things with it. Yeah. Well, and my thing is not even so much the the good or the bad of it. It's that it's. The one thing that getting into a console gets you, and, and in any of the major consoles, is stability, right? Mm-hmm. When PC mm-hmm. games, yeah. you know, it, it, the fact that, that any Elder Scrolls game made it onto a console still <laughs> blows my mind because they are so, and I love them, but they're buggy as fuck. Yeah. Whereas, um, whereas oh. something like this, but I mean, with console games, that's the big thing that's always been the draw for me with console games is you know it's going to be stable, you know it's going to work, it's going to be the bar to entry on that game is going to be really easy because there's a series of certification and quality control that goes into right. that. It right. doesn't mean the game's going to be awesome, but it means that right. there's going to be a level of of pre check that's gone through there that makes it a little more more universal. Sure. With with this, I can totally understand where. The indie market is going crazy with it because most of the indie market doesn't have to live up to those those standards. Right, right. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but they don't have to. So now that they've got a that they have a, a console that's out there, that's the you know they can jump at it. My only worry about about this is not what people can do with it. It's not what you know is it going to be good or bad or whatever. I think it's going to be good for the industry overall, even if the experiment's a wreck failure. My worry about it is that. You get a lot of folks that develop for it, and and uh, they put out a good they put out a good product. They burn a lot of their money doing the putting out that product, and then they can't sustain it for two, three, four, five years. And so you have a lot of people with a with a console that has that they're basically after three years they're going to have to develop games for. If they want yeah. to play new games, to some degree, I agree. And but but my yeah, I was leading into the point about the quality control and, and everything. And I do think that they they need to have something similar to what the big three console manufacturers have, where they actually send the games through some sort of certification. Yes. Um, the I think in a lot of ways that certification becomes easier because those controls are built into Android mm-hmm. to some degree, less so than um, or more so than than a normal console where it's a proprietary system, right? right. Um, Android, you generally will have have the ability to develop for it and and understand what's going to crash the console mm-hmm. without you know you can develop for the Android platform as a whole. And have this humongous community to draw upon to do that, mm. as opposed to the closed kind of narrow communities of the consoles, where um, 
it's the barrier to entry for indies is harder because of the fact that trying to port to those systems becomes that much more difficult, right? Yes. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm probably rambling and not really making my actual point, <laughs> but um, but I, I don't know. I think I, I think the potential to be dangerous and fuck everything up is there, yeah, but I think that um, you're right. I think they they should use that some of that money to to come up with some sort of certification process for their mm-hmm. games. Uh, and then if they can do that, I mean, fuck the, they can, they can basically launch with a humongous library of yeah. shit because people can just, Oh, we're going to upscale our game to run in 1080p and bam, there's a game, yeah. you know? And, the, and the one element of this that I like is the fact that there is the free to play is becoming more of a, Finding ways to to market and to monetize gaming outside of just buy disc play game yeah. <laughs> is awesome. If if even I mean in subscription or or you know buy extra content or whatever, the fact that people are getting more creative about doing this and and still trying to deliver the experience is is something that is. Um, I, I think it's brilliant. I, I, that's the one thing and about I, this I really enjoy. And I think the biggest shakeup that this is going to cause that I that I wholeheartedly agree with is that um, they are lowering. The, it's it's all about that whole barrier to entry thing. It's right. it's the same argument you make with DRM, right? Like yeah. the more DRM you throw on something, and the harder you make it for somebody to actually just use your content, the the higher chance you have of somebody going to fucking pirate it, right? right? It was the, it was that whole oatmeal cartoon about about Game of Thrones, like uh, yeah. you know, I can't you can't watch it, you can't fucking download it, and then the little devil on his shoulder is like, "Ooh, look at this, it's a torrent." He's like, "I'm not going to pirate." Ooh, it's so fast, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, um, but this is there's no barrier to entry here. There's no. it's it's easy development. It's easy. They're they're encouraging people to be like you know fuck with it. Do, screw around with your screw around with your console. Teach us how to make it better. Like because if the games are inexpensive and they're easy to get a hold of, people aren't going to fucking pirate them because there's no reason to. No, right. right. No. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, I, I think it's an awesome idea, and I'm I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how it how it pans out because you know what yeah. anything that anything that makes it easier for a developer to get money out of their game is a brilliant awesome idea to me. So for the last well now 3 weeks uh, we've been playing Karnov on my suggestion. <laughs> Uh, sort of devil horn this fingers thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I threw up the horns because I I, I, f- I fucking love this game. I love this game. I uh, I played this game the first time uh, in the arcade actually because uh, some I think it was an I think it was a pizza sh- pizza parlor when I was a kid that had a, had it in the arcade and uh, sucked at it really bad. Of course. Uh, and then I uh, I picked it up. <coughs> Ah, yeah, uh, glorious. And then I picked well, it up. Card off fireballs just came out right now. <laughs> like five pounds less later. Uh, <laughs> and actually, the first time I played this on at home, I picked it up on uh, Commodore sixty four. Wow! Uh, because I that was my gaming console for a while before I had an NES of my own. And uh, the vast majority of the games that I had on my uh, Commodore sixty four was my uh, my first foray into piracy. Uh, because that there was no control at all. Like no, go onto none. a bullet, go no. onto a bulletin board, download game. It would take 
roughly 14 days. days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, download the game, put it on a five and a quarter floppy, and and run it. And that's uh, that's how I played it until I got an NES, and then I immediately bought the. Well, I didn't buy. I rented the uh, the NES version and played through it. And suddenly um, forgot to return it. Uh, no, actually, I couldn't at that point in time. So, um, the game came out in 1987 by Data East. Uh, it came out in 86 in the arcade, 87 on the NES, and uh, Commodore 64. It also came out on Amstrad CPC. Which, Bless you. Yeah, I've I still have, I think this is the second or third game that has come out on that system that I've never I've never even heard of, and it came out. What was the other system? Well, Amiga, uh, the, uh, Spectrum, DOS. yeah, DOS, Spectrum. Oh, ZX Spectrum. Yeah, that's right. ZX Spectrum. Um, it was it was originally Data East trying to create a mascot, basically, and they they, and they sort succeeded. of succeeded. Uh, you know, as much as Data East ever succeeded at anything, yeah, uh, <laughs> Rodney Champ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but fuck, I love this game, and and you know what? Playing it again, I I still love this game. I was I was surprised. I was expecting this to be your eight eyes, <laughs> a game that you love irrationally and is just terrible. And I played it, and there are flaws, but I had fun playing it. Yeah. Um, I I was surprised because I remember the last time I tried to play it, and now this is this is fuck like ten years ago. Last time I tried to play it, it. I remember it being stupendously hard, and then I played it again now, and it's not really. It's no. um, it's. No, it I think the difficulty curve is actually pretty nice in this game. Like, uh, it takes a little getting used to the controls because the uh, the controls are a little wonky at, yeah. at times. But um, I don't know so much if it's the controls as it is the physics. I think the physics were a little wonky. I guess the that's controls true. Were, physics the controls were very wonky. Were, were really responsive. They, they they felt great. I I never had that. I didn't do that problem with this game. What I had was, it's the what I was joking about earlier. It's the reverse <laughs> of Newtonian physics. Yes. In Soviet Russia, fat does not float. It floats in air. Yeah. When fat hits gr- what hits water in Soviet Russia, it's death. <laughs> death follow. <laughs> It's it's weird. You touch water and Karnov sinks like a fucking meteor. Yeah. But if you if you hop in the air, he's just like I float. This yes. is good. If I landed like everyone else did, I'd be puddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um that's the first thing that I noticed playing this game again was the jumping mechanics were weird. Oh yeah. But they're weird, they're weird but they're not bad no because because like um in other games that we've played I'm, fucking eight eyes is a good example where the jumping mechanic is horrible horrible and like you jump nothing makes sense you can't change direction you fall like a stone yep. um your jumps don't uh they're inconsistent so like mm-hmm. your the distance of your jumps is inconsistent in this game they're very floaty Right, yes. but they're purposefully floaty. You jump, you float. You have the ability to change your direction in midair, and all of that is very responsive. So after getting used to it through like the first level, you you start to learn the mechanics of it, and it is something you can learn. It's not inconsistent. Yeah, right? yeah definitely. That's true. Um, so it it's. It's interesting because I, I'm trying to think of what I, I, there's another game that we played a while ago that had floaty jumping mechanics. That oh fucking Donkey Kong, Donkey Country. Kong Country, floaty jumping mechanics that sucked because oh, yeah. they didn't yeah. make sense. Right, like you you had you had to be pixel perfect on landings yes. when you couldn't t- 
tell where you were going to float to, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one, after a while, you just kind of get the hang of it, and you start using it to your advantage. Yeah, yeah this feels a lot like... Uh Super Mario Brothers 2 jumping with the princess all the time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> Gliding around oh on that God. magical that magical freaking uh, zip line. That but she but had. like you said, it's the same every time and you can just learn how he jumps and uh, and learn how to maneuver and when you do those maneuvers later in the game, it'll do what you expect it to do. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't like about the jumping mechanic in this game, uh, Karnov's hitbox when you're trying to get items <laughs> is is very strange. It's his left foot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's either depending if you if you have to pick up an item, it's his left ball. If you have to, you have to land on a platform. You actually have to get completely on over his the left platform. foot. Yeah. Right. You have to get completely up on the platform, as opposed to if you have to pick up an item, Karnov has. To like but, but if enemies are throwing uh, projectiles at you, your entire body's a hitbox. Yeah, right? Yeah. Your entire body's a hitbox in this game has the most useless crouch in the history of video <laughs> games. <laughs> because this big fat fuck is like... Oh. Nope, no, just, no, I, no, no. I, I have to, I have to sit down to tie shoes. Yeah, exactly. I cannot, like, I cannot Yorgi, dodge. Yorgi, get over here. Tie my sneaker. He's fucking, Can't he's, do it on He's self. like six two. He crouches. He's six one. <laughs> yeah. Six foot in every direction. Yeah. It's like watching a bulldog trying to hide on a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sitting. No, no, sit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting. sitting. Sit, dude. I sit. I'm fucking sitting already. <laughs> Oh, you are? Shit, sorry. You have little feet for legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah, and that's what we, Matt and I were talking about earlier. Like, the hitbox for picking up items is oh. your feet, and the hitbox for getting hit by anything is, like, your A belly button you. up. A foot yeah. around you. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think when I, you know, I look back and when I played this as a kid, and I, I think one of the things that maybe... I. And I'm totally speculating because I don't sure. remember shit from when I was a kid. Uh, one of the things, one of the reasons I may have liked this game was because I was a huge Mega Man fan, mm-hmm. and this game was um, the closest thing to another kind of Mega Man style game that we had at the time. Um, there were a, there were other games where there was running and shooting, like uh, Contra was out, mm-hmm. and but I was not a Contra fan. Sure, but um, this game was. Aside from the floatiness of the jumps, it was very, very Mega Man like in its, you know, kind of run and shoot mechanics. You're looking at me like I'm no, talking no, no, insanity. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I liked it because it was different. It was a big fucking fat fire breathing Russian, was, and it's like that was the part that I think has always kind of set Karnov aside. First of all, I love the fact that when you go into, you look at the packaging for Karnov, right? And it's not fat dude. It's just Fucking, you know, it's 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 ridiculously muscle bound, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ridiculously. Yeah. Oh my god, he's just like fucking. He's just meat wall with the, with the weird like fucking meatloaf head, head right? right? Like it's just his, like... his pecs are so big, it, they 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 uh, uh, go over his neck. I mean, the thing is just fucking massive. And then you play what neck, you, right? There is right. no neck. And then you <laughs> play, no... and then you play Karnov, and you realize from the time oh, you this pulled is very the package. Different. 
Sorry, the the picture on the the NES cartridge is actually very different from the packaging that's on the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, see, that's the shit. I right think there. I want to yeah. see. I want to say that's the. Um, this is the C sixty four. That might be the sixty four. That might be Amstrad. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the Amstrad one. Amstrad. Okay. The C sixty four and Amstrad. Oh god, the packaging is so different. Like they make him look like a fairly normal, like you know, he looks like Yul Brenner on the cover of the NES <laughs> version. So he does. But, he looks like he's in shape, and then you put it in the and somewhere between. Pulling the cart out of the box, putting it into my N64, slotting it down, closing the lid, hitting power, Karnoff put on 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah. He was just binge eating. pounds. Right. He's just like, I was no, do say, not yeah, take me a... from home. Oh, God, I don't like being away from... Give me borscht. I mean, he's just like... <laughs> he's just powery. Binged. Yeah, you say forty-five pounds. That's because he's like four foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, who could not buy this game though? If you look at the NES cartridge, you've got you've got Karnov shooting fire at a Drake while there's a dinosaur in the background. Dinosaur? I know. <laughs> no shit, right? That is that, and there's like apes in the background and weird shit going on and. You don't really, you can't, the funny thing is you can't really tell on this cover that he's firing that fireball, because he's just kind of there with his mouth open, and the fireball's kind of in between him and the Drake, so you kind of wonder, is the Drake, is the Drake Drake dropping it on him or anything, and then you start playing the game, you're like, oh Oh, yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, lighten my fucking vodka belches on fire, (laughs) yes. Oh yeah. This man like, is so badass it took 500 million years of evolution and finally <laughs> to create Karnov. And then Karnov went, resurrect all those bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I want to test myself. Trip. Yeah. I want to see how much of badass I No one on earth can fuck. Spetsnaz guy jumps off of trampoline, throws X, I eat X, I hit him with belly. <laughs> yeah, right. He fucking die. I sit down on him, not like I have far to go. Oh, man. It's like, and all of this shit happens in game, and here's the beautiful thing. What is the story of Karnov? There is no story. There is no story. There's no story. There's none at all. There, there's no plot. None at no. all. It's and that's all. That's awesome. He's just yes. a, he's just, <laughs> that's awesome. He's just, <laughs> a, he's just a random dude that woke up one day and decided I want to do a quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. He got out of bed, <laughs> threw on pants. I want to do like, a quest. Lit his yeah. accidentally <laughs> lit his house on fire yeah. with a fireball burp, and yeah. then went with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I have to do this quest. Like, what is it? Scene? Uh, I forget what scene is, but it's like, find the map to the treasure. And then that's it. That's what it's, it's like. It's just like, you're just going. Uh, I, f- I think it's like scene. And the, and the boss at the end of that level is so easy because he just sits there and you just fire all the things. And all of a yeah. sudden, the, the, here comes the treasure map out of the sky. That doesn't make sense. I just killed the <laughs> boss who's on the ground. And the treasure map floats down from the sky. Uh-huh. Which... Begs, which wants me to ask: Are there like Russian gods involved? That why does, are that, why yes. does that make sense to you? Why does where where did it come what, from? Where did it come from? <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the map that just mysteriously materialized. Why are there ladder icons? I mean, why are there icons in the I, sky? Yeah, like why icons all over the yeah, place? All icons over the place, everywhere. To know where these icons are at, like you know, the I did. Gods love me. Yes, <laughs> yes. They just leave these icons. It's like you have the ladder. Oh, I climb up. Oh, there's an icon right there in the sky. You know, and that's the thing. That, that's the, it's something that doesn't happen anymore because uh, over over the period of of the last twenty five years of game development. Uh, the term "quote unquote" video gamey became like a derogatory term, right? Sure. You start getting yeah. things that are, you know, that are like this, where 
it doesn't make sense because it's just a fucking I had to go grab it. Yeah, there's icons and shit you collect. It's just a fucking video game, right? You're right, and everybody has been actually leaning toward the we want things that are more realistic. And but you know what? Every every so often, I do want to pick up a game where I'm just like, oh, this is just totally outlandish. Oh yeah, makes no sense. Grounded in no type of reality whatsoever. And you know, for a while, like especially in the X Hunter series, Mega Man was infamous about that. They'd put a canister. Up in the sky. <laughs> yeah. And the only way you know that canister is there is like if somebody else has played the game before you or you're just randomly doing something, it's like, oh, I grabbed onto a ladder and now I can climb up and there's a canister uh-huh. there. They're infamous. Right. They were infamous for hiding things in the most unreachable yeah, spots. Yeah, the ridiculous places that the only way you would get to them is by collecting something later and then going and then back going through back the level and using it, right? right? Like, yeah, definitely. Like there's, um, a, there's something to be said, though, for to keep in mind that this is uh, this is where you are... There's something to be said about limited technology that limits you yeah. and what you're able oh, to yeah. do yeah. and how it affects how people perceive it. Like, kids now would look at it, I think, and I could be wrong, but look at a game like this and they go like, I don't get it. Yeah. Right, and they're just like, I don't get it. I don't I'm understand not gonna what play. this. I'm not going to play what's this. With all the this ca- no what's with the special caves in the fucking sky yeah. and shit? And what's with the fuck ass shoes? And what? Yeah. Ah! Dude, why does this fireball look like right. this? It looks like a meatball. And it's. And, <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, but then I go back and try to, and I do this a lot because I'm just oddly curious about it. But I go back and compare this point in history in video games to mm. this point in history in movies. Right, and I go back and I look at Buster Keaton movies, right, <laughs> and Keystone Cops. Half of the Keystone Cops films are as funny as watching one turd melt into another turd. They're not. <laughs> they're not. You just sit there like, why am I doing this? And they're not funny. But there are things like Chaplin that shines out and Buster Keaton that shines out, and you look at them and you're like, y- you kind of have to analyze it a little bit before you find yeah. the genius. There, there are games like this that are that just do that inherently there because they're they are they are fun because they engage you in that fashion, and That's this true. one actually does. Mm-hmm. It engages you in that weird like everything about this is wrong. <laughs> but then again, I do a couple of bowls, and I love my Aquatine underfoot. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is comedy gold. It speaks to me, man. Really? Why don't you play Karnov? Oh yeah, yeah. I sure. it's. I, it's what I was. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'm okay with video gaming, right? I'm okay with, yeah. like, the biggest example. And I think that this is where the transition happened for me, where I saw it really happen was the transition between Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, mm, and yes. Jack Two. Yes, because Jack and Daxter was one of the last platform games that I played that was just flat out video gaming. It was a collectathon. Right. You right. go find precursor orbs and you collect them, and then yep. you find all this random shit and you pick up orbs for power and health. Yep. And it's it's it is the last and, in my opinion, best of the great 3D platformers that right. was still had that video gaming feel. And then. Uh, GTA 3 fucked it over for everybody. Um, because the next game, the next Jack game that came out, what did they have? An open world system that had police officers that you had right. to avoid, and then you'd fucking, and they added guns in, and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. they took half of that just random fun out of they the did. game because they weren't willing to make it video gamey. Yeah. And well, this game, I go back to this game and and some that even happened to some degree with some of the in, in the 16-bit era as well, you know, some right. of the games they started pulling some of that stuff out, but 
you look at some of the greatest games from that era, and they're they all have those elements. Fucking uh, mm-hmm. even up through th- something like Symphony of the Night. Oh yeah, this is old school like video gamey crap where you're you know collecting things and go you know go get the red key to open the red oh, door even, go get the blah 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 you well, know let's, back let's and forth go, and let's even go right now where i again bring up skyrim i take an arrow and i put it in the noggin of a wolf no problem walk up to the wolf i take my hand i shove it into the fucking wolf's mouth i rip off its fur it's meat oh and there's three gold cool <laughs> three shits. Every time I see it, every time I see it, an elk, a wolf, a mammoth, a bear, a saber cat, and I just well, hey, buck fifty. All right, <laughs> I got laundry money. See, I, I Call it of the beast. Though. I can explain that. Earlier, there was another player. That the wolf <laughs> right. ate. That the wolf ate. And when the wolf ate, he got his wallet. And then what you're doing is you're just getting the coins. Oh yeah, him. no, yeah. It, so exactly. Makes sense. It, that much you can you can argue. It's, does it's, it make Does it make sense to have a square ladder icon sitting in the middle of a level, and that and then you hit the select button, and a ladder appears out of thin air, and you climb up to get these shoes that allow you to jump higher? And sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, seriously. why not? It, yeah, yeah, that's I, well. No, because it's a. It it's doesn't a, have to. It's a video. You know what? Honestly, I think with the whole realism thing, and actually, I think that the advances in technology with video games have actually. I wouldn't say there are great games that come out, but in a sense, it it has like kind of leveled off or plateaued yeah. the industry because now it's all about like how realistic can we make this? Right. How how much sense does this make? We need the fa- it's a video game. It's yeah. grounded in fantasy mythology. Exactly. It's right. not supposed to be real. Even, and, every, and the thing is, is that all, uh, other nerdy industries have that same thing. Like comic books, you know, people lament things in comic books for being too comic booky, and yet. But that's that's right. what makes that's what makes them unique, right? right? Yeah. And that's what makes these video makes video games unique is the things that you can put into them that don't belong in another genre, that don't belong in movies, that don't belong in comic books, that don't right. belong in TV shows, right. that don't belong in reality. Yeah. And that's what makes games like this fun, and that's what draws me to games like Karnov when I was a kid. Is that I was like, it 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 didn't even register. It wasn't it wasn't all about it wasn't about how you know how do the how do the physics of this game blah 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 it was how the fuck do I get to that fireball icon <laughs> you know that's <laughs> like, yeah, like, true if if people cared about games being video gaming, why the fuck do people buy a guy in red overalls grabbing mushrooms to get bigger? Exactly, this is true. <laughs> well, and exactly true. because there's I mean there's a thing to be said for the term video gamey now you got to think about it one point in time somebody in the 1940s said movie magic and everyone looked at him and went chop queer <laughs> whereas now you say movie magic and you think disney and you think all of the things that really draw people to the movies yeah. and and you know now that's that's kind of the term video gaming is is it, the the one thing that's fun about being a part of this nascent industry and looking back at stuff like this is the fact of tracking where it is now and again, I can still find, you know, digging hand into Saber Cat for laundry money. Yeah. <laughs> back to floating K in yeah. the sky yeah. and back to mushroom that pops out of a brick that I slam with my head. <laughs> Please don't try this at home. You will die. Yeah. I think true. I think the um getting back to actually talking about Karnov in, yes. in more detail, I think the the biggest flaw I found in this game and it's not really a flaw because I'm not that worried about things being difficult but is that the bosses are like the easiest bosses in the history of video games they really like 
there are harder. They're, they're Toad Man easy. Yeah, there they are. There are <laughs> harder normal enemies uh, during the course of gameplay than than the bosses in this game pre- represent. Yeah, like you get the first boss, first two bosses especially are like they they slowly jump, yep, and then you shoot them and they die. Yep. Yeah, you shoot them a lot and then they die. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a. In some ways, it does feel a little bit like a letdown to me where you get yeah. to a boss and you're like, I kind of expect a challenge to some degree here, something that makes it worth going through the rest of the level. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, if that's the worst thing I can find about this game, like, it's, it's got to be a pretty solid game. Like, I, it's just fun. You know? I, it, it is. It's, it's pure it's, fun. It's yeah. pure fun. I believe it to be pure fun. I know, I know that I've always been pissed off about the, the whole, like, the mid boss was tougher than the final, yeah, like the final right. boss. Like it's like, man, I spent three hours on the mid boss, and then all of a sudden I go to the last boss. I'm like, like fucking yeah. Castlevania three, <laughs> yeah, like fucking right. a. Get to Diablo. <laughs> get to Diablo and realize, and Diablo sits there and goes, "Who did you get through to get to me? Holy shit! Ow, ow! Stop it! Ow! Yeah. Give me my arm back! No, yeah, not up my no way, ass! Yeah. Ow! Yeah, there's there's no way I can mess yeah. with you now because you've gotten through all these other guys. Right. Yeah. Right. All of these all of these minions that these I created that I, created, that I yeah. bullshit shit into worshiping me <laughs> now you know you realize diablo is the big diablo is the devil because he's a good administrator not because he's a yeah, that's it. yeah that's it his management skills are top his notch. management it's not his actual power yeah yeah it's the way he talks people into things yes i could beat the shit out of my boss but i get paid yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'd so much rather just get this money <laughs> I well, and it's, I, it's it, the bosses are easier, and and I think that's actually kind of a change from the other games in mm-hmm. this time. I mean, where Ooh, the bosses yeah, were uh, harder than the levels yeah. almost consistently, and then you get to you go through Karnov. It's like the first three levels are are kind of kind of a challenge. You die a few times, and you get used to it, memorize where everything is, relatively speaking. And then you get to the boss, and it's like. Oh, breath of fresh air! I can relax now and just kill that's this true. dude. That's yeah. twice my size, but half as threatening. There were yeah. some, there were some games uh, that came out around this time where the bosses were just impossible. Well, Ninja Gaiden, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, every boss, every boss yeah. in that game ever was just you know at least Good an hour doing Jakaio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mean, you beat one form, but got killed by the second. Back to the beginning of the level, you dumb. Oh, yeah. That's just that's just that's just absolutely horrible. Yeah, but yeah, Karnov, yeah, it, it there's definitely a breath of fresh air with the bosses, and you know we talked about the whole jumpy thing. I mean, I, I'd side with Luke. It's I think it's a it's for that time period. It's a pretty it's a good game. Yeah, yeah, I, and and I was surprised, right? Because I I remember liking it, but it it was exactly what you were saying. I was expecting this to be my my kind of unicorn where I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back to it and I'm going to hate it. And I'm like, no, you know, this for the first time, this game holds up for me and I, I still really, really enjoy it. And there's shit I don't understand about it, but I don't fucking care. Who cares? It's just like, a fun romp. Yeah. Um, I do. I like, I don't understand this. I don't understand why he gets hit and turns blue. What the fuck is the turning? Is he because his fireballs turn blue? Does he turn into ice, Karnov? No, he gets it's like he gets hit and he starts holding his breath, breath. in the pain, <laughs> and so that's why mm. he turns blue. Mm. That'd be yeah. But yeah. then, how does he? F- does he like snort fireballs at that point? Yes. Does he sneeze them? Yes, yes, yes he does. <laughs> oh, they're alcohol. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, he does. Or maybe he gets mad. Maybe the blue is him getting pissed off. How, what? <laughs> sure. Okay. It's well, not supposed to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. I'm just gonna go with it. It's totally fine. Okay. I, 
in I, the eighties, you <laughs> didn't get red from you didn't get when you pissed off. You didn't turn red. You turned blue. Yeah, yeah. Well, no Russians because they're red, they turn blue. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I take wounds and become imperialist. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, they, they start. They're not. They're no longer communist. He no longer becomes. He no longer communist. <laughs> democratic. He's, he's losing his social yes. leanings. Yes, exactly. I'm gonna um, beat the bear out of you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just well, and it's interesting that um, again. The, there's so, the funny thing about this game for me, what drove me to actually buying it was the packaging. Because the packaging, <laughs> I remember this as a kid, my dad and I laughing at it, but if you look at the packaging, it says, you know, uh, under the title, the subtitle is Karnov, the brave warrior that stands alone against the evil that rule the world. Not rules, <laughs> rule, rule the world. And the fact that they were just like, you know what? We're just going to put our English right out there in <laughs> because the rest of this is us English. trying to make the best attempt at money python we can get. It's just it makes, it makes no sense. Don't worry, you'll have a good time. Yeah. It, it it was interesting to find out some of the other places that Karnov shows up to. Oh, yeah, like like right, we were t- yeah. we were talking about um Fighter. I mean, I have a copy of Fighter's History Dynamite for my yeah. MVS which was in which actually Everywhere but the United States was called Karnov's Revenge. Yep. Um, and he is fucking stupid in that game and <laughs> awesome. Just like the, he's just imagine they took the sprite from this eight bit game and they put it in something with the power of a Neo Geo and it made him this tall, roly poly, mustachioed, fire breathing <laughs> fuckwad with gypsy pants. And, <laughs> He's so and the and the uh, the marquee for that game and the artwork is so horrid, and he looks so wow. bad. Um, but then then when we were looking at it on Wikipedia, I found out that he's a boss in Bad Dudes versus Dragon yep. Ninja. Yep. <laughs> now I have to play that game because I, I I've never played that game, but and I have to now just to try and get to him. I, it was like it was saying we were talking about earlier. Karnov is like. The Doctor Strange of video games. <laughs> he really he he had his comic that everybody that a few people really really liked, but not enough people bought to keep it alive. And so now he's it doesn't have his own comic anymore. He doesn't have his own IP anymore. But he just kind of randomly pops up there. Yeah, like he, he, like the guy in the crab suit in a fucking Mexican soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Miguel and 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 Tony are just like you know you slip so and so. Well, you don't make enchiladas the way I like. Well, you did it. Oh, great drama. And then the dude pops in and goes, I remember. Dos Equis. <laughs> and then pops out, and the two of them are sitting there like, what the fuck, what the fuck was that? Never mind, you're still a bitch. You're still a whore. I mean, it's, it is, it, Karnov just kind of shows up because he never, it, he should have been an iconic character. And I blame Data East for sucking ass and everything, almost everything else they did, um, for doing this. This guy had all the marks of a really cool mascot-like, he yeah. IP-driving character for Data East. And they never did anything with it. Yeah, that's a problem. Data East kind of never did anything with anything. anything. Yeah. Like they, they I don't. I like Joe and Mac. Joe and Mac is okay. I mean, uh, Shadow Run. Shadow Run was actually a, a good. Was Shadow Run a Data East? Yes. No. Well, okay. Well, Shadow Run on 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 any on super uh, yeah on, on super NES. super NES yeah Wait, on SNES was was Data East. Data East. In the arcade. Genesis and arcade Sega was different. Was was no, it wasn't Sega. It was, but it was somebody else. It was they contracted it to somebody else to do it, huh, and they right. were the one. And well, the Shadowrun on on Genesis was awesome. Yeah, Shadowrun on SNES sucked. It did balls. Suck. That's it right. Was it terrible. Yeah. yeah. The only other things that that Data East did that I thought were any good 
was Dragon's Lair and uh, Burger Time. And even Dragon's Lair was awesome. And Dragon's Lair was a port from... From, from somebody, uh, from yeah. uh, Don Bluth. Yeah, Dragon's Lair was... <laughs> they ported a Don Bluth cartoon. So I've played Dragon's Lair recently. I played... Uh, I have years. It's bad. It's not good. It's no. real bad. And the, real, no. the really big problem with, with Dragon's Lair, I mean... It was rev- kind of revolutionary. Dragon's Lair and uh, oh fuck, what was the Space other Ace. Space Ace? Space Ace, yeah, were revolutionary for their time because they were ran off a laser disc and it was you were actually right. seeing cartoons and it wasn't yeah. like you know, but and they were fine because they were reactionary button button sure. mashers, but fucking a. The reaction time you need to play that game is retarded. Is oh, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, you got to be on point. That you got to memorize the movie. And that yeah. was them. That was them being like, "Hey, by the way, we're going to charge you fifteen dollars to play this to game play this right now." It's like because yeah. that was the first game I ever saw that was fifty cents a play as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like plunk in fifty cents, plays Die. a scene. <laughs> Fuck! I missed. <laughs> <laughs> I missed. Plunk in fifty yeah. cents, plays a scene. Oh, got it. That oh shit. Oh fuck, I missed. Right, yeah. You know, it, it is the next movement. That's right after that movement. And it was it was a total tease because it was teasing about the cinematic nature of what games could be, but wouldn't be for like yeah. twenty years. Yeah. So it was like ah. So anyway, I like a couple others. Wait, Cat America: The Avengers. I actually liked that in the arcade. That was good. They did all yeah, answer whatever Man racing. Games. I actually liked Caveman Games. Uh, Joe and Mac Lemmings. Uh, I think it's getting the list. Lemmings getting... is a port, though. From, yeah, that yeah, was uh-huh. uh, from Mindscape. I thought Robocop was horrible because it was. Yes. <laughs> the Robot. You know what? The Robocop game on Game Gear was actually was really good. good. That one was good. That, that, one, I and that was a Data that East game. That, that was, was okay. Yes. Okay. That one was but you good. have to struggle. If like, I mean, you look at it almost. It, even we had an easier. I had an easier time finding shit from Hudson. Yeah. That I kind of like. Yeah, it is pretty as bad. As opposed I, yeah. to, like, I mean, where I'm, I'm, I'm picking through <laughs> Wikipedia, like, yeah. I might have possibly sort of had some <laughs> decent respect for four pixels in the third level of. Oh, it's a piece of shit! Who am I kidding? <laughs> I mean, like, everything when, they came up when with. When you've got a track record of games as long as they, they do. Yeah. It should not be that hard to pick out like five or seven great games. Like, oh, that's oh, yeah. great. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Right. Even Crapcom with all yeah. their horrible. <laughs> Every, Crapcom all of had the, a ton of good games, but they've had yeah. they've got a ton of successes. Well, yeah. See, you look at you look at any of the big uh, developers, even from that time. Like Activision is the same way. Yeah. They've got a yeah. bunch of garbage, oh, and yeah. then they've got a whole Some bunch really of stuff that's really stuff, good. Right. You know, EA, all of that. EA, things. everybody. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that was, and that's something that that is very much not the like. I don't know how Data East survived on the on the basis of their pinball games. Yes. Yeah, I don't think they yes. survived at all because in '87 yes. is when they started doing pinball, and that's pinball, how they survived yeah. in yes, 2003. Pinball. Mm-hmm. Yes, pinball. But that was that was the only good thing that they did. Everything else that they did, as pretty much everything else they did, as far as video games, was absolutely fucking horrible. With the exception of Karnoff. They had one jam. That is what I'm going to say to everybody now, is that if you have have a way to get a hold of it, fucking get a hold of it. It, I mean, the problem with this game is that it hasn't been collected anywhere. And part of that problem is because... Uh, when Data East folded, the rights to their stuff just kind of got scattered to the four winds. Mm. Who has so the rights to Karnoff That's now? the thing. I don't know. Like, um, the same thing happened with Midway. Like, Midway yeah. and Data East yeah. both had this problem where some of their rights went to, like, mobile developers, and some of their rights went to one of the bigger publishers, and some of their rights just kind of 
vanished into the ether. I don't even right. know who owns the only thing from, now. The only thing from Midway anybody um, ever wanted was Mortal Kombat. Yeah, right. that was it. And everybody fought oh, NBA like a, Jam. Oh, and NBA Jam. You're right. No, you're right. And Blitz. Um, and those three, yeah. everybody fought and scrambled for, and everything else got lost. In the, Wasn't in Midway the Rampage as well? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, which is. I'm glad that I actually got that Rampage World Tour on PlayStation 3 because when Midway folded, the Xbox version got pulled because right. uh, the rights didn't revert for that one and mm-hmm. they did for the PS3 one. Anyway, um, I I wholeheartedly endorse Carnot. I think it's a really fun game. If you yes. like 8-bit you know, platformers, then give it a shot. The unfortunate part about it is there's no way to get it other than the on originals. Card. So, what? Ten companies... Got the rights to like all their stuff. Their right? stuff got spread to ten Jesus. companies. Wow, yeah. that is ridiculous. Wow. So, because like, yeah, Berg Time went to G mode. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it probably. What? Which means? Oh, Cardov went to. I want to say Pound. Yeah, P A O N. That's how you pronounce it. Pound. 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 Interesting. Pound owns the rights to Cardov. So never seeing another Cardov game again. My what that what that means then is that they they. They didn't just go bankrupt; they completely folded, Fold, and folded. their rights went out at auction. Yes, they were. Right. You know, no, so that's, true. that's what happened. Um, Thanks, so, Data East. Thanks for <laughs> fucking everything up for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get the original Karnov NES cart. You can get it for cheap. I did. I we I actually picked up these carts at uh, Seattle Retro Gaming Fest uh, Expo for. Two dollars a cart. Wow, um, that's a good deal. And you can get them. I mean, they they average around five to five to seven for this cart. So, but you know, you, I mean, you everybody did buy this game. This game was yeah. huge when it came out. So, you know? if you've got an NES, grab it that way. You can get it on Commodore sixty four if you have a Commodore sixty four still. Unfortunately, the only other ways to get it are going to be the arcade version and random console or random PC things that nobody ever has anymore. Right. right. Yeah. So, the easiest way to get it is the the NES cart. It's it's pretty widely when we, when I was walking through Seattle Retro, there were a fuck ton of places that had it. Yeah, really? and oh, yeah. it was funny because oh, yeah. I walked in and the first copies I saw were three fifty each, and then I walked around the con, the con hall and they just got progressively more expensive. This is this is one of those things where like the people that enter those conventions don't understand how to price their shit, all the way up to uh, fourteen dollars a cart what? for some of them. Um, and then the last place, like I just kind of made a circuit, and then the last place I went had three copies for two dollars each. I'm like, I will buy all of them. Thank you. <laughs> um, nice. So, so yeah, uh, go get the NES version, and uh, we will wholeheartedly endorse the Karnov. Yes. Breathe fire, my friends. To Mother Russia. <laughs> So we have the next uh, three or four episodes uh, covered. So um, there's one thing. There's one thing I'm going to say right now. I think I think we're going to go straight from out of this world to Echo the Dolphin. And okay. The reason for that is because I, I want to save. I want to save Star Fox, uh, and we will know. The, everyone will know why in the next few episodes. But I'm going to save Star Fox for later. Okay. So episode episodes 62, 63, and 64. We're going to do Out of This World next, uh, which is a Genesis Super NES game by, was it Virgin? Was I think that, so, Is that yes. Virgin? Um, and then Echo the Dolphin, which, uh, because because it's fucking Echo the Dolphin. And the, <laughs> and, uh, the last one, so 
we want to. We've got one more fan request that we have to get in. We actually have two because we have eventually uh, maybe need to do a shadow run. Need, need to do shadow run for a Snicker, but um, yeah. The uh, the the fan request that's uh, we're doing we're going to do next is low G man. Nice. Um, because uh, FC Neo Tokyo uh, drunkenly hounded Micatron and, and the after the fact thing on Twitter and it's like, what the <laughs> fuck were you guys doing? Do low G man, and so uh, <laughs> so fuck it. We're gonna do low G man uh, now. Keep in mind, uh, FC Neo Tokyo, that this game is not easy to get a hold of, which is why we're also pushing it out several episodes. Uh, so it's entirely possible that if we can't find copies of it easily, that we won't be able to do it. At which point, we will probably replace it with something like Shadowrun. Um, yeah. However, uh, we'll try. <laughs> we'll do what we can. If we'll we can the, find it, then we'll, we'll give we'll, it the old college try. Yep. Yeah. Well, that, by that means, you know, yeah. So, yeah, we'll give it a shot. We'll see if we can get it done. But, yeah, the next episode is going to be Out of This World. Uh, which Brought was, to us by Interplay Entertainment. Oh, Interplay. Interplay. Interplay did it in the U.S., mm. and then it was, like, Delphine International created it. Frog yeah. Star Interactive Pictures, whatever the hell that means. Did Interplay also do Flashback, or did Virgin do Flashback? Uh, Look that up for me real quick. Okay, yeah. So, um, so yeah, let's, uh, yes. Oh, uh, the Russia getting to you too. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so yeah, we're, uh, we're going to do out of this world. Then we're going to do echo to the dolphin. Then we're going to do try to do low G man. Um, so yeah, U S gold come. published flashback. And they also had a hand in publishing out of this. Who? World too. U.S. Gold. Who? Who? Exactly. Yukon Gold. Potatoes and out of this world. So you can get the show. What a fuck. Let me. Let me. Let me. Because you know, last time I completely. Luke is now desperately clawing for his laptop to because give I him a script Because I fuck-knockered <laughs> the, the end of the show last time. I'm not going to do it this time. Uh, first off, check out the Trade Secrets podcast. This is our comic book-based podcast. It is now hosted by Andy Padel until I take it back from him. Uh, he, uh, the, show, the, schedule, the schedule on that show has been uh, a little wonky for the last uh, couple months because of scheduling problems and trying trying to transition it over to Andy taking over the editing duties but uh, we're going to try and get that one back on track here soon hey kids chick fight moving on yeah so uh, <laughs> you can rate the show on iTunes uh, it helps us get more listeners helps us uh, you know get stuff on iTunes so Do it. F- rate us review us on iTunes um, you can follow us all on Twitter. Uh, the main show feed is at After the Fact Pod. I am at Geek Elite. James is at James FNX. Eddie is at Sambo Black with no C. And uh, Matthew is at mm, Coin underscore Metropole. Ding. C-O-I-N-E uh, underscore Metropole. Metropole. Uh, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash After the Fact Podcast. You can friend us on XBLA, PSN, and Steam. Um, and if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at afterthefactatgeekerific.com. Uh, you, if you hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or email, we will use your questions on the show. Yes. Uh, Violently sometimes. <laughs> uh, there, we will cast them aside. Uh, there will be, there will be only a one week gap between now and the time we do uh, out of this world because this episode was late. So we're going to be recording out of this world actually in the next couple of days. 
and then we'll uh, then we'll then just so everyone is aware, there will be another three week gap because I'm going to be out of the country for two weeks. So three full weekends that I won't be able to record a what show. A jerk. Yeah, I know I'm such an asshole. Um, free ride to Europe. Uh, I know. I know. Hard, I should. Go, I know. Life. I should give that up. Hard to life. do the show. Hard life. But uh, so and trust um, me, if Echo the Dolphin is anywhere near how I remember Echo the Dolphin to be, you guys can all wait for it. <laughs> trust me. Oh, yeah. I am not. I am not Ugh. sweating balls not to try to run to get to this game. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Which means it's FC- like playing. It's like playing vegan the whiner, <laughs> <laughs> which means uh, FC Neo Tokyo. That if we do le- oh, if we do manage to get low G man, it will be out in toward the end of August. Uh, thank you, James. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Word. Thank you, Eddie. And thank you. And uh, I am Luke, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>